Welcome to Overcome Podcast. In today's episode, I would like to start with a question. Can an injury that takes you out for months, almost a year, be used as a way to completely restart your life and make sure that now you're doing the right thing and going to the right direction? Well, today, Jason Lee is going to talk about his injury and this spiritual process that he went through as he was rehabbing from this injury. Very interesting perspective. Let's get to it. Welcome to Overcome Podcast. Um, Jason Lee, thank you very much for being here today, my friend. Thank you, Yuri. All right, my friend. So uh, I met Jason some years ago uh, in a jiu-jitsu class, and our friendship kept, uh, kept growing as we uh, continued this jiu-jitsu journey. And I remember one day we were rolling, and uh, we were talking about uh, injuries. Uh, at that time, I didn't really have an injury, but then Jason was talk talking to me that day, I remembered that he had a, a pretty uh, serious injury on his knee. Um, so Jason, give us a little bit of background on how it was, uh, what happened, um, and uh, what was the recovery process for that? Well, the way it happened was kind of a, a little freak accident. It wasn't in any physical activity. Uh, it wasn't during jiu-jitsu or anything. I was going down some stairs and I was carrying some weight and uh, typical moving and I just tweaked, tweaked my leg really bad at the bottom of the stairs and I heard a pop and that classic pop you hear with all ACLs and so it popped really bad. I was going down and felt a lot of pain so I just sat down and didn't really know what was wrong but that night it swelled up really bad and I remember not being able to move it correctly and See, I didn't know it was an ACL injury. I, I thought ACL injuries would hurt, hurt a lot worse than it did. Um, but yeah, I woke up and through the next week, I tried to walk and hobble around on it and nothing was successful icing it down or anything. But the reason why my injury was so bad and it was my fault was I didn't take it seriously. And I went to work and I worked in the oil field at the time and I was uh working on pipelines and that's pretty physically demanding work and I did that for about a year on that injury oh wow I, yeah and so that's that's what made it so bad and that's what gives me the issues today so you, did you ever had the surgery no I never had the surgery until I'm sorry I did have the surgery but it wasn't for about a year after the initial injury I felt better about a month after and I was walking around fine, and but it was kind of going in and out of place sometimes. And at work, if I bent down really low, it would kind of s slide out of place. And it's obvious that it was injured, but it was, I was just, you know, I was in the middle of the desert building the pipeline. There's nothing I could really do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just stuck with it. And when I had the opportunity to come home and, uh, well, a big thing I should I should know let everybody know like the reason it took a year is because in the oil field you don't work for a contractor long enough to get health insurance. Uh, you you just you're always changing contracts and you're always working for different gas companies, so you never really have health insurance. It's available, but it takes 90 days to get. 
and in that three month period you've already moved out of town and you're somewhere across the country you're building something else mm-hmm. so for someone else so when I finally was with the company for long enough to get health insurance I wouldn't got it looked at because I knew it was still hurting and that's when they told me yes it's torn your meniscus has gotten a lot of damage from the year you should have had this operation and so from there we just did the patella tendon graft I believe that's the right term and put it back together and the rehabilitation process was extremely demanding because the meniscus was just so beat up and after they did the the surgery that's what really pronounced the injury on the meniscus because I mean I couldn't even put weight on it for a month it was really bad and it was swollen every day and I was extremely depressed about it and yeah it was just and how long it took for you to, to, to be back to walk and to exercise again to exercise that took a year uh, exercising took a year uh, for me because the meniscus and that's 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 really the, the the thing that took the cake on this was the ACL was fine it snapped in half and a year later we put it back together but the meniscus was taking constant pounding over that year it was just completely unsupported mm. and you get you you, you, you you gained some weight right when you had this because you were not exercising right Yeah, I gained about 45 pounds. Oh wow. After and that's depression and and you know that quiet place you're at like like Misty said she was sitting in the recliner at night wondering what's going on. That was exactly how it was for me just sitting there and you know I had good friends and family at the time who were really helping me out and you know they made fun of me for being on crutches and they'd lighten the mood but when everybody's gone it's just you sitting there and all you did with your life was work in the oil field you can't do that now you don't know what you're going to do you want to train jujitsu but you can't do that and so it was just a huge it, it was a huge undertaking for me mentally to kind of try to put everything together yeah um, yeah because the, the mental aspect is so important uh mental health plays a, such a big role because you you get really depressed I felt this, uh, I came over that, I'm now able to, to do some physical activity, but, uh, and, and it's interesting to see that you were quite young when that happened, and you and yeah. you felt that tremendously. Well, the thing that, the thing that I took away the most from this injury was, my life wasn't together before that injury, it, I had no idea what I was doing with my life. Uh, I mean, my daughter had been born a few years before that. I was working in the oil field. I was um, being a provider if I, where I could. I was being a dad when I could. And I knew that none of it was the right thing for me. The oil field, this nomadic lifestyle, they'll pay you a bunch of money and send you on your way and they won't hire you for four months. It's just my whole life was like a roller coaster. And that injury was the first time since I was 17 that I was at home for a month. That was the first time. Uh, and years. So after a month, I was, it was weird. I was like, I've never been home for this long. I don't, I just didn't know what I was going to do. It's like, this is where you have to put your life together now. It's, so did, did you, did you game. use that time also to have some reflections about what you want to do next and, Absolutely. and also look at things that you should be grateful for? Um, going back to that yeah. subject of gratitude. Yeah, it was, gratitude was huge um just because 
it, there was such a stark contrast in my lifestyle then and then now as I'm sitting here after surgery, post-surgery. Um, I say the oil field as a very loose term, but it comes with a lot of stress, a lot of late nights, a lot of working with different people at different places and nowhere is home. You know, there's 20 places in the country I could go right now that would feel like home to me. I know every back road. I know every 7-Eleven clerk there. And I, I just never, I pushed that off because I think that was a really big part of the depression was I kind of fed off that. I kind of looked forward to that traveling and I used that as a, a way to, I guess, push the, the things that were important mm -hmm. out. It was a coping mechanism for me because uh, my daughter had been born and her mom and I didn't stay together and that was depressing. And so I used this, I was traveling around and I was... You, you just, know, stay, just you were just staying busy, you not think too much. As busy as I could. I was staying as busy as I could for like seven years. Yeah, but then, like then when you have this problem and you are in a bed for a month, so what was yeah. the, the healing process from the mental perspective to really get to the other side of that dark tunnel and say alright, now I have a purpose uh, and now I understand better I had to get I had to get right with God and that's a loose term, but that's exactly what it was for me, it was um, faith is a big part of my life and I don't say that to claim any sort of righteousness, I'm not, but it's I always, my whole life And I'll tell you later in the podcast why I even believe in God. There's one reason there was a, and it's cool to have this story. It was one thing that changed my mind. But so I just knew, you know, I got to get right with God. Um, I got to start living a life that I can be, I can not be proud of, but I could be good at, you know, because I'm not good at life sometimes. You know, I'm not good at, you know, you see, what did I do after high school? I went to join the oil field. That's a silly move. You know, mm -hmm. like I just make, decisions that are there to different and I don't know why um, so I was sitting there and it's like I got to get right with God I got to get right with life I got to figure out who I really am you know I need mentors I need people who are smarter than me who are uh, more successful than me who will tell me how it is they'll be truthful and I never had that yeah, I, yeah. the most important years of my life were spent with renegades and outlaws and I learned the wrong ways to do things, the wrong ways to think. Um, I remember for a year of my life, I thought that being angry was the right way to be, you know, just be mean to people and be rough around the edges. And I, I just, all these silly, so in, cer silly so in certain way, having this injury that actually took you down for so long, it was beneficial at the end of the day. At the end, it was beneficial for you to have this pause and, and self you know reflection about everything that was happening so if you look back maybe that was a divine intervention <laughs> that caused all that thing to happen it was the best thing that that, that could have I, i don't want to say it was the best thing that could have happened but the time i spent the lessons i had to learn and at the time in my life it was the right thing it was the right move it, it kicked me down Not that I was on some pedestal, but it, it kicked my mind down. It kicked, uh, it put my life in one place and nailed it in and said, look, this is how it is. Yep. You know, it's, it's just impossible to do this. You, you're not going to do this for a living. You're not going to 
be this person you know those people aren't your friends you know sit at home be around your family the friends who care about you and start over yeah because this is really a, this is a good point uh, when you are down some people will approach you usually when you are at your peak but when you are really down then you you're gonna realize who your true friends are the ones that will support you yeah. uh at that moment um so this is also a very good restart in in, in, in a way to to rethink this whole network of friendship uh, altogether yeah there was about four people um outside of my mother and my, my sister and because they're awesome I think I have the best mom and sister in the world I mean I'm a I'm the man of the family so I don't really know how to I don't know how to loosen up around them really but um, I love them to death and they were there I mean yeah you you've you've been through an injury you know how reliant you are on the people around you yep. and just they stepped up and I mean, my friends would carry me out of the car and put me on the crutches just because I wanted to go to Guitar Center, you know, just because I had to get out, you know. And so those people were, they were paramount to, to my uh, to my mental success that I had. It was just because I was fighting these battles internally, those late nights on the sofa, those the medication, the opiates, the withdrawal from that, the painkillers they give you. There's, you know, yeah. there. I remember the night of the surgery, Because my father passed away from uh, anesthesia. He had problems with anesthesia and surgery, and he, he died at home about 10 hours after his surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a sad story, but it just I'm just using it to explain my frame of mind going into surgery. And I, I asked the doctor, I said, please don't put me under. I don't want any nerve blocks. I just had a bad anxiety about it. So they didn't, and I watched them do the surgery. I didn't have a nerve block after they numbed it up during the surgery but um after when i went home the pain came in really really bad and i was on the floor you know and my mom carried me to the hospital said hey something's going on his knees bothering him obviously and so they just started injecting me with uh oh what's the word it's one step further than morphine dilated yeah so basically the strongest thing you can get and that was incredible and i say this story because the uh, they were so big on giving me painkillers and i didn't want to take them but well but it depends on the pain you gotta take i took it when i when my pain was yeah. uh, extreme i i, I have yeah. i have no shame i i didn't want you to have that pain you know yeah i took them but i the, i liked them too much i think that that was the problem and um So I, I kind of looked at them. I looked at them with with a little bit of cross eyes because I wasn't really sure if they were the right thing for me. I knew that they could help, and I knew, but I also knew that I could have as much as I wanted, and I knew they would keep giving them to me. And I also knew that I liked them, and I'll just admit that. Mm -hmm. So I really had to cut that that cord as quickly as possible. As soon as I could get off of them, and and not need them, I did. Um, but I had some withdrawal symptoms and because I took them for the better part of four, four months because my meniscus was just so torn up. The pain from the surgery wouldn't go away for months. And I asked why this was. And they said, because you waited so long to have the surgery. You know, it was so bad. So, wow. yeah. So that just explains my, my little bit of the, the, the issues with the opiates afterwards. It's if I could have had the month recovery that it should have been and I didn't. If I wasn't foolish 
with the injury itself, I wouldn't have been in a bad boat mm-hmm. after surgery. But we got cleared of that, and uh, the physical recovery was pretty tough. I think I lost. I mean, I'm looking at my legs right now. I still don't have as developed of a quadricep or a quad as I, as I do in my right. It's just something I never really bounced back from. Um, like even today in jiu-jitsu, I can't pass guard to the left. I have to go right. That meniscus damage is just there, and it, it'll never go away. And some days it's... But you don't have pain anymore, do you? Some days it hurts. Um, if I try to pass to the right, and, you know, and, and it kind of tweaks it, then the next day it'll hurt a little bit. And I was rolling this past week, and um, Barbara was on top with top pressure, and she kind of, like, she didn't do anything wrong, but I framed with that leg, and it hurt, and it hurt for about two days after that. And that's the kind of common thing that happens to me now. It's it's just if I if I do something wrong, it'll did hurt. You, but did you ever do physical therapy? Yes, okay. I did physical therapy. I did it for three months, and a, a lot of it. I don't know if I had the best physical therapist. Um, I'll just be candid about that. I, I don't think that they were the best that they could have been because it was way more painful than anything. Well, but, but, but physical te- physical be. therapy is almost like a bidirectional type of uh, relationship. You got to do your part. So were you doing your part as well? I think I was slacked at a little at, at the at the beginning. I think I was slacking at the beginning because it was, and I, I don't know if this is the case, but I think that the physical therapist just heard ACL recovery and gave me the ACL recovery packet. But the meniscus was what was really bad, mm. so that's what was bothering me throughout. It's like you know, I, I was I remember arguing with them, saying like, hey. You know, this just doesn't feel right. And they're like, no, you can do it. Look, you ha- you can move 90 degrees. I said, yeah, but my meniscus, the side of my knee is really hurting right now. And they, they would just say, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we wouldn't really solve that problem. And then I'd come back in and then we'd start that argument all over again. But yeah. we made it through it. And But but yeah, over, overall, day, you felt it, it did improve after physical therapy. It just probably didn't improve as it should right after three months it improved when i when i was willing to deal with the pain Uh, when i was willing to squat low and deal with that that meniscus then it would start started to improve and then it strengthened up and took some of the pressure off the meniscus i think that's uh, what happened physiologically i don't know but it got easier as i pushed it further and further and I, i remember it took about a year for me to be able to jog on it without feeling any sort of weirdness mm-hmm. uh, I probably could have done sooner than that but you know you feel nervous about injuries it's kind of an anxiety you have you know when it's you've had three months to lay there and not use this right. knee and now you're supposed to use this knee perfectly no you're going to be worried so I was so, a little so worried so how long it took for you uh, to get over this anxiety and actually start to proper utilize your leg and, and squat and, and feel like you were in a safe place to just move on more like a year, a year an year and a half or something no it was it was about two years ago oh, wow. um this injury happened about four and a half five years ago and it was it was a couple of years before i was really so it took two to, years for you to feel confident yes. Yes, sir. It took about two years but there was not a thing that really happened that made me confident it was just 
I remember when uh, Ramon and Carlos gave me my blue belt and I just sat there and I, I had to roll really hard and I was like, well, I guess my knee works now so I can stop worrying about it. And that's kind of how it went. I remember that night, they really put it on me that night um, training and my knee made it through it. And so I just thought to myself, I think you're all right now. And that was, you know, that was it. But yeah, it was it was a really hard... Yeah, but I, I think that is way more a mental blocker than a physical uh, uh, blocker because probably your knee was better years ago and you were still dealing with the mental blockers, don't you think? Yes, yes, sir. I think you're absolutely right. And I've thought about that prior to this conversation um, with, with your injury because I remember that day uh, when you, you got injured and I was standing there and I had no idea how bad it was and I wanted to ask you a million questions but I didn't and I just tried to be helpful if I could but then um, it's a Liz Frank injury is that what yeah, it is? Yeah it's a Liz Frank injury actually nobody uh, thought it would be that bad I remember walking out of the mat and uh, Professor Leo said are you gonna come back I said I cannot come back I cannot stand up anymore uh, and then when we went yeah. to the to the locker room with the nurse trying to, to put some ice my foot was already swelling purple and then when he looked he said yeah it looks really bad go to the hospital um because it's, it's a a very bizarre type of injury it, it basically ruptured the entire ligament on top of your foot uh and it was not only the ligament i also broke some bones so it was very bizarre so there was bone damage yes you had it? yes i had not only not okay. only ligament but also bone damage that's what I was going to ask because I remember you posted it on Instagram and you posted some information about the Liz Frank injury and I my I remember thinking wow that that is something that could be scary because it's an injury um, on what I read it's an injury that's random it's it can just happen yep and that from the com what we're talking about right now that post uh, injury anxiety do you have any of that are you worried well, about that no because i i right now i'm working really with a good physical therapist and we are um uh, working progressively um so there is a lot of uh, progression right now and people ask me are you going to stop judo are you going to stop jiu jitsu as i and, and of, of course i always say no because uh, i want to continue uh, doing what i like to do I will probably change my game. I will probably change the way that I throw. Uh, instead of going le uh, righty, I'm going to go probably lefty because then my right foot will be my support uh, support foot, support leg, right? My right side. So I'm probably going to change instance. But that's, that's things that I would adjust. I have no rush. Uh, I want to do a very slow rehab and only come back when I'm 100% feeling ready. Uh, so I think uh, as I progress, I also working on the on the mental aspect, uh, and and if you can align, in my opinion, if you can align the physical progression with your mental toughness, you know, progression, then at the end of the day, you're gonna be fine. Yeah, that was that was my main question, and just the randomness of that Liz Frank injury. It could seem really hard to get over that mental block but if you're doing a good rehab i think that you're right i think i think what you said is true it probably healed up about two years before i was ready but it just i don't know i just really didn't want to get go through that again yeah yeah of that, course it, that was just 
that's the reason for your podcast. It's the reason for all of this. It's those injuries are so serious and people don't understand what it's like until they have it. And you don't wish that on anybody, but you know, it's like, imagine going, walking into a jail cell and someone says you did nothing to deserve this, but you have this yeah. now and you're going to stay here. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and, it's terrible. It's terrible. But at the same time, we, we should never really stop going after our goals because we are afraid of getting hurt uh, getting hurt yep. is part of life right we are always going to get hurt it's more about how we take that beat uh and we rebound um because there will always be ups and downs and um it takes time for you to digest this uh now today uh is actually three months since the injury and only today i'm able to visualize that because one month ago i was not able to two months ago i was not able to so it takes time for you to learn from that and move on uh now in your case it took too long and probably because you were still working on your your self-awareness your spiritual healing and your path uh, to God, which he, you said that uh, you, you have a specific reason why you believe God. So that that's a good segue for that. Well, yeah, I, I this is going to sound a little, a little, little cuckoo, but it's 100% true. And uh, so when I was seven years old, and I'll give you a little backstory to really paint the picture here. It's my father had passed away and it was my mom, my sister and I, and we went to go do some Christmas shopping at Northeast Mall. And I was going down the escalator at Northeast Mall from the third floor. And the second floor and then the first floor, they're all under each other. And so being a seven-year-old kid, I was playing around on the escalator and I grabbed the opposing side escalator handle mm -hmm. and my arm got stuck and it carried me all the way up. And so I'm hanging off the side of this escalator, three stories above the ground. Um, and I remember sitting there at seven years old and I went to the very top and you're going to fall now. There's nowhere to go. So I remember thinking, and this is just going to sound dramatic, but it's just the exact. I was like, I really hope this doesn't hurt. That's all I thought. I didn't think I'm dying. I'm going to die. I just thought, I really hope this doesn't hurt. Um, cause I was scared, but the whole time I didn't really understand that I was about to fall three stories. I, I looked down at my sister as I was going up higher and higher and she got, it's like, no, no one, I still have it in my head that what, that moment, it's like, no one really understood what was happening. And here's this kid hanging off the side of an escalator. He doesn't belong there. He's going higher and higher. He's going to hit a wall and he's going to fall down. What do we do? And it's like six seconds long. It's like, there's no... So I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm about to fall right now. And I saw the end of the escalator and the glass wall that's right there. And uh, yeah, my arm hit the glass wall and it got really, really tight because it was stuck and it broke that arm, kind of popped the arm out and I just fell. And so I was sitting there thinking before that, I said, I really hope this doesn't hurt. That's all I thought. Uh, and I woke up like, I don't know how long later, but I woke up laying on the floor, whole crowd around me. There was a lot of blood. Um, what had actually happened was I fell kind of shifted upside down and I landed on my head. And then I landed on an escalator that was going down 
on the first floor. So my, my stomach had got caught where your shoelaces will get caught um, in the escalators, you know, the part mm-hmm. at the yeah. very bottom. Yes. So my stomach got caught there and it tore up the right side of my stomach and some of my, my organs in there. Uh, didn't tear them up too bad, but it, it definitely shredded my body like, you know, like it would. And so I'm just sitting there and I, I kind of come up and my sister and my mom are crying and people are just freaking out. And then they cart me off and uh, I just remember some people picking me up and giving me ice to eat because uh, you're not you weren't allowed to drink water with a concussion they just kept giving me ice and i was so thirsty and but the whole time i i never felt any pain hmm. never wow i was sitting in the hospital for two weeks i didn't feel any pain i had broken ribs a broken arm um my head was split open my my head stitches going across my stomach i never felt any pain i mean wow that's it's hard to yeah, I explain that to people sometimes when this gets brought up, but I never felt any pain. It was just so. What was the connection with God uh, at that moment? Because you were I you just, were too young to think about God at that point, weren't you? Well, I was having thoughts about life as as a kid. I mean, my dad had passed away, and so I had to deal with what that was like. And um, I remember missing him, and my mom having to come up with some answer for a little kid you know it's like and just watching her handle her emotions um so i had this i had these this this way about me and this understanding of life about the finality of it and but i didn't understand what that was uh i just remember being a little more quiet as a kid Mm -hmm. um just because of that i was a little bit thinking i was thinking trying to figure out things as a kid and i still to today i don't have them figured out but So I thought to myself, why didn't I feel any pain? Why did I never, why didn't that kill me? Why didn't, you know, I was just in a great mood. I I remember I was in a great mood in the hospital. I was happy about everything. Everyone around me was freaking out. And my mom and my kindergarten class came and visited me. And And you you have all those memories or is this something that your mom told you? No, I have these memories. Yeah, I was. I have these memories. And, that's and, that's very interesting because that's long long yeah. time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I was seven, but it, I guess it kind of woke me up. You know, <laughs> like I think that's when my cognitive ability just kicked on to remember things. But I, I remember laying there, and uh, my kindergarten teacher brought me this gummy watch, like a candy watch that kids would wear, and you eat it. And I guess that was pretty popular. Like um, all this candy and these little stuffed animals and. But I was just in a great mood the whole time. Um, even when I woke up initially after the fall, I remember sitting there and I didn't know why my sister was crying. I didn't know why. Um, nothing hurt. Mm-hmm. I would start. I would start to move, and they would say, "Hey, don't move. Don't do anything." And I, I just felt confused. Like, why can't I move? Why am I not allowed to move? I, I didn't understand the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it never hurt. My broken arm. So never that hurt. was your your connection that uh, that you have with god but the, is this connection something that you felt like immediately or after the years you start to reflect on that moment and then you said it, it's the only reason i was saved i it, there was definitely an acute change in the way that i thought um when i was sitting there in the hospital about a week after and i mean it was a brutal it was a brutal injury and it was a brutal 
ordeal, but I just thought to myself, um, wow, this is, this is crazy. This doesn't happen to every kid. And when I was in the hospital, I, uh, was walking down to the library at Cook Children's in Fort Worth. And there was a kid in the room next to me who had fell out of the car going 70 miles an hour. And he looked horrible. And I remember that kid and his mom was there and my mom was always there. And we would watch a little bit of shows together while he could, while he was mobile. And, but it was just this strange time in my life that I didn't understand that this doesn't happen to most people, you know, like this is the kind of stuff you hear about that people say, Oh my God, that's tragic. Yeah. Um, Or, or in your case, Oh my God, that's a miracle. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So, you know, and my mom's friends were super hard on her and she probably wouldn't like me saying this, but you know, how do you let your kid do that? How do you let your kid have an accident like that? Like, why wouldn't you, why weren't you watching your kid, Mm -hmm. you know? And so she just dealt with all of this from family and friends and she just never, you know, I mean, I guess she made peace with it because, you know, she doesn't talk about it anymore, but I know she felt really bad. And, um, but even, even all of the negative things that could have came from that, I'm, I could have been paralyzed. It could have been anything, yeah. you know, no, but absolutely. I never felt any pain. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I, I it's a, it's, tr- it's truly amazing story for sure. And, and I fully understand the connection. Um, but, uh, at the same time, it's interesting that y- you kind of miss over the years, this connection and took you another downtime to reestablish this connection, uh, yeah. when you had the, the, the knee problem. Well, the thing was, I, I've noticed that my life, um, in my life, God always takes care of me. Um, I don't always have what I want. Um, but I, he, I'm always taken care of and it's just really hard for me to describe what that's like or what that means. But I mean, every day, even on my worst day, I'm, I'm taking care of like today, just before you called me, I had a really stressful day. I had a customer who, you know, we were arguing about payment for my business I run. And I, and I just thought to myself, I get to do a podcast today. I'm, I'm about to go on a trip. Like, stop Mm -hmm. you know that's that's every day of my life is just stop you're good god's good things are good yeah it it goes back to the the feeling of gratitude because it is if we start to look at things that we are able to do it uh and not the things that we are unable to do we'll see much better things in life right I, i was talking to uh, someone that went to the Words uh, IBJJF uh, Words competition that is happening in Orlando and uh, this person lost the first match and uh, this person uh, posted on Facebook that um, she was thinking about quitting competing because she's always losing and everything and I gave her, her a little bit of perspective said look uh, you should be f- feeling gratitude right now just because you are there many people will love to be there just to experience be among the best in the world in a tournament like myself i if i didn't have the injury i was supposed to be there um but i can't so make sure that you appreciate the moment make sure that if you use this this loss as a way to to grow yourself and keep uh, motivating yourself to win, right? Um, so I think that people 
sometimes they, 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 they focus too much on, on the negative aspect of things. Uh, and, and by doing that, they, they, they go to a direction that is not healthy uh, for them, you know. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to fall down that too because it's, I look at it as, um, the way I think, I try to personify things in my mind. I try to put, put an idea as a person and then what would that person be like? So things like that, I imagine it as like a depressing person just like beckoning you, hey, just give up, just say the wrong thing or be mean and lash out, you know, it's like you lost. And I just imagine this person just kind of coaxing you into this dark place and that... I imagine that same person about everything. If I mm -hmm. see something in life, it's like, no, that's that that's that person. You don't you don't want to be with that person. Yeah, uh, there's a better person, and you know, I've never really, I haven't, I can't look at my life and see where I've been victorious about one specific thing, but I know that I've definitely, you know, I, if God saved me whenever I was whenever I fell. I have not wasted the life he's given me and I haven't achieved everything that I would hope to right now, but I'm only 27. Yeah. No, you um, have, I, you have I, a long, long, long road ahead of you. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, um, you, you are in the right place. You are surrounded by great people that I know. That's, and that's yeah, very that's, important because that's the thing. Yeah. That's very important. Be surrounded by good people because if, if you are with, uh, with uh, people that are that don't have goals in life, that they are just uh, uh, you know living a day after day without having that wish to do better, you're gonna become become like them. Yeah, I don't think I do the best job at really showing emotion, but the number one thing in my life that's just mine, um, you know that this is excluding my family, my friends, my daughter, you know, but it's just the one thing I'm so grateful for is the fact that I do know so many people who are in my corner who I could call anytime for help. I don't, I try not to, that's the point, you know, of being a man, but it's just so invaluable, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I can remember when I was sitting there injured, I didn't know the people I know now. I didn't have the relationships and friendships that I have now. And like, it was all worth it. You know, it was all worth it to just keep going forward. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade my relationship with anyone I know, especially through jujitsu, for any amount of money, for anything. I just wouldn't do it. You know, just, just the fact that there's people I genuinely respect as men who are respectable men uh, who, who really care. Like, that's just... Yeah, and, 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 and about... And, and exchanging this for money is not worth anyway because when you are no. when you are injured and you are on your bed you can have all the money in the world is not going to change the fact that you're going to have yeah. to wait and, and and make sure that nature is helping you to heal that the money will won't help you uh what's going to help you is uh the people that support you that human yeah. connection the people that cares about you and this is priceless yeah, life is people and time. That's that's kind of what I tell myself. You know, the, the the thing you have in life is the people and the time you have with them, and that's that's just as simple as it is for me. You know, I, I love my friends. I, I would do anything for them, and it's so important to me. And I have to kind of contrast this because in high school and right after high school, in that oil field lifestyle, I didn't have good, respectable men around me. You know, I, I just. 
I thought they were, um, but they yeah. weren't. And now I'm like, oh, okay. There's there's some levels to people, you know. There's there's levels to the quality of man that you can be. So just at this time in my life, to have that around me, to look up to that, and to even help people who are underneath me, it's just to be that for someone else, yep. for my nephew, for uh, the the new guys at jujitsu, is just to try to be some form of a good thing for them. I don't know what the word well, is. Yeah, be a, be a role model. You know, be someone that yeah. uh, you inspire others. It's the, the old concept of paying forward. You know, make sure that you are mm -hmm. paying forward what people did to you and, and that you can also be a role model to someone else. Uh, and that also helps you to, to get more mature and also helps you to, to grow. Helping others is always a good thing uh, because not, it, it doesn't, only affects the people that you are helping it affects you because you become better yeah it's the coolest thing to see just seeing it with um just the past year year or so i've been with btt the new guys who came in and just the the man that they are now versus when they walked in it's just their confidence is skyrocketing it's just you know the the way that they carry themselves and I, you could probably get that same thing from something besides jujitsu but that's just the only thing i know no. that is so life-changing just the confidence the relationships the friendships i mean there's something special about yeah. it uh, you know that for yourself mm -hmm. absolutely you know how many friends get to fight their friends over and over and you know really be friendly about it it's just it's cool yeah, it's super cool well jason yeah. we are on top of the uh, of the, our time here so I, i would like to thank you very much for your time i, I wish you the best thank you very much for um spending some time to, to share your experience i think is super valid uh and um keep working man you're doing you're doing well and i'm pretty sure you can do even better as you move forward thank you yuri i look up to you you've always been a kind kind honest person to me and i appreciate you a lot I've, and i hope your recovery gets even better yeah, absolutely i'll be back uh, to the meds next year for sure all right thank you all yuri. right take care thank you bye-bye